Information provided by Wall Street Penning Zoo is for educational purposes only and not intended to be financial advice. Please consult with a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Hello and Happy New Year from your family here at Wall Street Petting Zoo. I am your co-host Christopher Smith. And I'm your other better co-host Robert Coburn. What do you say we do a little uh, year in review, Robert? Sure. It, it was quite a year, uh, 2020. We have you can we say had that a again. global pandemic starting in about February. And we've lost... 350,000 lives just here in the U.S., uh, worldwide nearly 2 million dead. Uh, but we also developed a vaccine in a record time. The fastest vaccine ever created prior to 2020 took four years. Uh, we've got two vaccines approved for COVID in less than one year uh, with several more vaccines in the development pipe. Yeah, it was a great year for science. We also cracked the protein folding problem. Google AI just cracked that. And uh, that means that in the future, we could potentially simulate clinical trials on a computer, which is a pretty incredible future to think about. So we may see the, the development process for new drugs even accelerate from here. Uh, we also this year had travel bans and economic shutdowns that caused the largest quarterly economic contraction in U.S. history in the second quarter and also caused the highest intra-year unemployment rate since the Great Depression. But we also gave the country unprecedented fiscal support by cutting interest rates to zero and running a $3.1 trillion U.S. budget deficit, which was more than three times the U.S. budget deficit from last year. And the stimulus seems to have worked. The economy came roaring back after the second quarter lockdowns. It annihilated analyst forecasts for most of the year. And we have cut the unemployment rate in half since March. Yep. And amazingly for a year when GDP contracted, the stock market had one of its best years on record. Uh, something Donald Trump will always attest that something that was his uh, doing. The NASDAQ 100, which has a lot of technology stocks, is up 49% for the year. Apple is up 82%. Amazon is up 76%. Zoom and Peloton each gained about 400%. And Tesla gained more than 700%. So it was a good year for technology because everyone was working remotely. But the rest of the market ended the year much higher than it started as well. Uh, with the S&P 500 and long-term treasury bonds finished the year up 18%, and the Russell 2000 small cap index finished the year up 20%. The unprecedented fiscal stimulus from the U.S. government sent precious metals and Bitcoin soaring. Uh, gold, gold gained 24%, silver gained 47%, and Bitcoin gained 304%. Even residential real estate prices increased about 12% this year. Yeah, about the only things that didn't end the year higher than they started are oil, travel, and traditional brick-and-mortar retail stocks. Oil ended the year down about 21%, uh, airlines are down about 30%, and Macy's is down about 34% for the year. 
Do you think we're in a bubble, Chris? You know, there's uh, no question that by most traditional valuation measures, the market is extremely expensive right now. I mean, <laughs> for the NASDAQ to increase 49% in a year when we had a huge economic contraction feels insane to me. And if you look at the ratios, the price to earnings ratio, the uh, price to book ratio, and the price to sales ratio are all higher than they were during the height of the tech bubble back in 2000. Um, but there is a more sophisticated metric we need to take into account here. So there's this guy named Robert Schiller, very famous in the investing world. Back in the late 90s, Robert Schiller developed a metric called the Cyclically Adjusted Price to Earnings Ratio, or the CAPE Ratio for short. Uh, the idea is behind the CAPE Ratio is that once in a while, corporate earnings will just have a bad year, and that makes the price to earnings ratio for stocks look expensive. But if it's just a temporary downturn, if it only lasts a year, then stocks might actually be cheap, not expensive. So that P-E ratio might be misleading in a bad year for corporate earnings. So what Robert Schiller does is he smooths out the earnings curve by taking an average over several years, and that way he eliminates the noise from one bad year. And when we do that for 2020, stocks still look pricey, but they don't look uh, anywhere near 2000 tech bubble levels anymore. Yeah, and then you have to take into account all the economic stimulus. The Fed has set interest rates at zero, which means you basically get no return if you buy bonds right now. So nobody wants to buy bonds, and instead everyone is moving their money into other assets, which drives up the price of those other assets. In fact, Robert Schiller recently announced that he had developed yet another new metric called the ECY, which adjusts the CAPE ratio to account for low interest rates. And by this measure, he says that U.S. stocks actually look somewhat cheap right now, although not as cheap as China, Japan, Europe, or the U.K. Yeah, by this measure, U.K. stocks are almost, uh, actually, they're more than twice as cheap as U.S. stocks are right now. Uh, China stocks are slightly cheaper than U.S. stocks, and Japan, Europe um, are both about 50% cheaper than U.S. stocks. So... Definitely some other markets potentially that might offer better opportunities uh, than the U.S. right now. I also would point out that with everyone afraid of inflation because the U.S. is doing so much deficit spending, no one wants to be in cash right now. So you get a kind of forced buying, a kind of panic buying as people are moving their cash into assets for fear of having the value of their cash diluted by inflation and being left behind by these exploding asset valuations. Um, my fear, Robert, is that we are in a bubble right now, but that this bubble might get much bigger and last much longer than the 2000 tech bubble did because of how much economic stimulus we've done. When the tech bubble happened, we were at like a 4 to 5% interest rate, and right now we're at basically a 0% interest rate. So, uh, you know, at that time, some investors still had some money in bonds, now it doesn't make sense to own bonds, and so people are sort of panic buying other assets like stocks. So I don't really expect this bubble to pop in 2021. Um, maybe 2022, we could see it start to pop, um, especially if the Fed begins to look at raising interest rates in 2022. But I don't think that will happen in 2021. 
And in the meantime, I think we could see asset prices continue to melt up. Yeah, and that's considering the economic stimulus we've gotten has only been a paltry $600 compared to uh, the 2000 that uh, everyone was kind of hoping for. So uh, how are you going to position yourself for 2021, Chris, or how are you going to spend that extra $600? (laughs) Well, I figure that financially healthy companies that pay a large dividend are a pretty safe place to stash my money. So I own a lot of high dividend yield stocks like Altria, which pays almost a 10% dividend, and IBM, which pays in the neighborhood of a 5% dividend. So those are pretty good dividends. And so I figure even if the prices should dip substantially uh, in 2021 or 2022, I'm still making a fairly good yield on those investments. And I'm also investing in emerging markets, Japan, Europe, and especially the UK, because as I mentioned earlier, According to Robert Schiller's ECY metric, those markets look cheaper right now than U.S. stocks do. So we could see a larger return from those markets over the next 10 years than from U.S. markets. Plus, um, U.S. equities tend to do better when there's a strong dollar, but the dollar has been falling against other currencies this year. Um, So potentially that could be bad for U.S. equities relative to these other markets. Um, I am mostly staying away from the technology sector this year because I think the technology sector right now is extremely overheated. Uh, the valuations look particularly bad on some of those large cap tech stocks and you know, especially the new tech stocks like Tesla and Zoom. And I figure that as the pandemic eases and the work, work from home craze goes away as everybody gets vaccinated, a lot of those tech stocks are going to return to more normal levels. I mean, I, I suspect that you know some of the additional business that places like Amazon and Zoom got this year is going to stick around, but not all of it. Um, I would not be surprised to see their revenues you know fall substantially uh, this year, and so I would expect the stock prices to follow suit. Um, I'm also staying away from real estate and construction stocks because eviction moratoriums expire next month. And I'm not sure what that will do to the housing market. I think we could see a substantial downturn in uh, residential housing prices as those evictions start to happen. How about you, Robert? How are you positioning yourself this year? Well, right now I'm sitting on cash. Uh, I pulled out of most of my positions that seem too overvalued in the past few weeks. Um, But I have been looking at real estate and airline stocks. I think that with work from home jobs becoming more of a norm, this will cause more people to find affordable housing throughout the rest of the United States. Uh, California reported for the second year in a row that more people are moving out than moving in. And I believe we will probably see this trend continue and possibly accelerate faster with some companies moving their headquarters to different states. So not only will this exodus mean a hot real estate market around the U.S., but renters in California who previously only dreamed about owning a home may end up being able to afford a reasonably priced home. Uh, And of course, the more people get vaccinated and and restrictions are lifted, uh, the more people will be willing to travel either for business or leisure. And uh, the TSA numbers, uh, they didn't skyrocket during the holiday season. We did see a positive uptrend um, but I think it would have been a different story had the vaccines come out in the summertime 
So I would say a good indication that this is true is if we see the TSA throughput eclipse 60% of pre-2020 activity. So if we see a uh, constant 60% of what would be considered like normal TSA throughput, I think that's a good indication that the airline industry is on its way to recovery. Uh, and so uh, I believe we talked about it a few weeks ago with Southwest Airlines uh, is probably one I'll be looking at and possibly, uh, possibly Delta at that point as well. Well, that's our episode for this week. You can find the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, or YouTube. And we would really appreciate if you would help get the word out about the podcast because we don't do any advertising for the podcast. So your word of mouth is the only way we get the word out. We really appreciate your support. And if you would like to support the podcast financially, you can click the referral link to Weeble underneath our YouTube video. Uh, go open a Weeble account, deposit $100, you will get a couple free stocks, and we also will get a couple free stocks, and that helps support the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and have a happy new year. See ya.